Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and retreat leader. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast, head on over to jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website at paulajenkinsonline.com. Hi, friends, and welcome to episode 13 of Jumpstart Your Joy. Today, I have an interview with Tabitha Marie, who is the founder of Love Mail, and they send goodie bags to children in the hospital, along with Love Mail out to children who need to be uplifted for any reason. I think you're really going to love getting to know her. I can't say enough about her really positive outlook. And the way she approaches things is just so refreshing. <laughs> Even just re-listening to the interview, I just, she just is really an impressive person and I think you'll enjoy getting to meet her. I want to give a big thank you to all of you guys for your incredible feedback for last week's episode, which was my first solo podcast. It was a very interesting venture, somehow much more nerve-wracking to do a solo podcast than the interview format, so I'll be giving that a try again in the near future, I think. also wanted to give a big shout-out to Teresa and the Weeks of Self crowd. Um, it was really fun getting to talk about self-acceptance last week and really interesting to get to read everybody's input about the aspects of themselves. So thank you for including me. That was a lot of fun. And if you guys want to read more about that, I'll link it up in the show notes as well. One last thing, happy Thanksgiving. We just celebrated that in the U.S. And then today, uh, when this is going live, is known as Giving Tuesday. Even though this interview had been lined up well ahead, um, and it just so happens to be launching on Giving Tuesday, I encourage you guys to find a, a charity or a nonprofit that you would like to support, make giving something that you do in this season as well. So without further ado, I bring to you the interview with Tabitha Marie. Welcome to the podcast, Tabitha. You. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do? The name of our mission is Random Acts of Love Mail. We spell it L-U-V-M-A-I-L because that confuses some people. <laughs> um, I have never been one to spell things the correct way, I guess. I like to put spins on things. It's the poet in me. I can't help it. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's, it's Random Acts of Love Mail. And what we do is every three months, we deliver goodie bags to children who are in our local children's hospital here in San Antonio, Texas. On top of that, we send through the postal service mail to any child whose parents request mail from them through our email or through our Facebook page. And we do anywhere from 200 to 300 pieces of mail per month. That is a lot of mail. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's getting even crazier now that it's getting closer to the holidays. Yeah, yeah. So the numbers definitely increase. That is wonderful. And what a lovely mission to have and to spread joy to children. 
Is there a special focus for who or, you know, what kinds of children you usually send mail to? Well, when we first started, it was just for children who were ill. But my heart would not allow me to just do that like that. Mm-hmm. And there are children who are in homes where their moms and dads are not financially able to just go out and purchase them stuff. So for them to receive mail and it's coloring sheets and stickers and temporary tattoos and all of these little neat things, it's just our way of helping the parents in a way. Mm-hmm. So we send to children who are ill and to children who are perfectly healthy but just want to be uplifted. That is wonderful. Um, And would you like to tell us a little bit about what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your early sparks of joy? Uh, My first, the first thing that I ever fell in love with that really sparked excitement and joy in me was poetry. Mm. Uh, and it started with just going to the school library and reading the children's poetry books. And there were like a lot of rhyming poetry. And it inspired me to start writing my own poetry. At like five years old, I was writing mm. poetry. So that was one of the things that really grabbed a hold of me as a kid. Another thing that sparked my joy as a kid was my family, because I have tons and tons of cousins, and I have two sisters, and we would just be outside all the time, and we just played, and we were free, and we were, you know, no stress, no nothing, and that really made me happy to be with them each and every day, just being kids. That is wonderful, and I know family is still important, um, and that you, I believe you partner with your daughter and your sister to do love I mail. Did. I did. Um, my sister, Monica, and mm-hmm. my daughter, Jody, they help. My sister helps a lot with the hospital end of it. And she's a big financial supporter. I mean, she's constantly helping us to make sure that we have what we need to get everything to the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, actually, a few years ago, once she got out of of high school, came on full time, started helping me like send the mail out itself, and so I dubbed her Fairy Jojo because they were already like they call I call myself Fairy Marie because my nephew he has ADHD. And he started having a really hard time in school uh, like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I started anonymously sending him mail as Fairy Marie. And he was so excited to get that mail. And I would encourage him if someone was, you know, messing with him to go to a teacher. It's the best thing to do and all of that. And it started to help. And so... um we decided to bring Fairy Marie to Love Mail as mm. well. And so, of course, if I'm Fairy Marie, I had to make my baby girl Fairy Jojo. <laughs> That's really cute. I remember seeing on your Facebook page, 
I think you started posting about Fairy Marie. Is Fairy Marie something that is, is she a character that specifically sends stuff to kids about, um, you know, that aren't ill or is she just pretty much integrated throughout? Well, Fairy Marie sends mail to any of the kids. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things that I like to do with Fairy Marie is send mail to children who are being bullied in school. Okay. I really like to inspire them with that character of her. And I have a little drawing of her that I drew myself and I use it each time I'm, I'm sending them mail so they can actually see like who Sarah Marie is, even though she's a character and everything, but the kids, they love it. We've received tons of positive uh, feedback on her. So she's pretty much, here to stay. What a wonderful way to the, um, that she came about, just kind of out of you wanting to communicate to someone to believe in themselves. Right. Uh, that's gorgeous. And is, your, is it your nephew? Does he know who she is now? My nephew is 12, and he still has no clue that I'm sending him mail. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to have to take that up. It's like, you know, I don't know, maybe I could create a fairy Caroline, which would be my middle name. Yeah. And- Start sending stuff to my my nephew and niece. I love it. He's 12, and he just started junior high school. But the thing that I love about my nephew is he's so childlike. Even though Mm. he's 12, you know, at that age, children start to don't believe in fairy tales, and they don't want to be babied, and, you know, they think they're grown and all of this stuff. But my nephew is the total opposite. Mm-hmm. He's so innocent and he's so open to everything. So Fair Marie still sends him mail and he has no idea it's me. I just there's so much inspiration in that, like just kind of taking the bull by the horns too and saying, you know what, I could make this situation better for this little person. Right. And and here's how. You know, it just takes love. It doesn't take anything really grandiose or crazy. <laughs> No, it really doesn't. It truly doesn't. And um, in the beginning, when we first started our mission, it was called a 504 Uplifting. Yes. And back then, we were sending, like, packages out. And it would just be filled with toys. For oh, the wow. Children. Mm-hmm. But it became, after a few years, it became, like, a struggle. And we didn't want to quit. So we had to regroup and figure out what we could do where we can still do this and not break the bank. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with the idea that we would send like coloring sheets and activity sheets and stickers, tattoos, anything that's flat that can fit in the envelope and it would only cost us one forever stamp we found that that was really a great avenue for us. And we've been doing it that way now for a year and it's been extremely successful. So that's, that's how we're doing it now. That's wonderful. And where did the, I mean, maybe we could get into the history a little bit of how did you, how did you guys decide, I guess, where did the idea of sending gifts to children Um, and to uplift them, where did that come from? Well, it started in 
2007. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, she kept asking me about what I was doing in New Orleans before I came to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was trying to have canned good and clothing drives to get people to donate to help this local women's homeless shelter. It ha- it houses women and their children. And I would get a few people to help, but then it was like no support. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming so frustrating till I literally, I gave up. And then I became a part of this poetry community and they heard about, you know, I, I told it to someone and they spread the word and it was just phenomenal. But then Hurricane Katrina came and that left me out of New Orleans. I was no longer living there. I became, in te- I came to Texas. My sister kept telling, asking me like, you know, about what I was doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that because I don't get any support from that. And I'm just, I'm so stressed. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't give up. And she finally said, well, what if we sent little goodie bags to the hospital? And I was like, mm, wait, I like that idea. Mm. And so we got online and we did some research. We found different places like U.S. Toy and Oriental Trading. And we were on um, MySpace at the time. We created a MySpace page and we just started putting it out there what we were doing. And at that time, I had like seven ladies who were following me who really believed in what I was doing. So every month, they would literally order stuff and send it to my home. From there, we went from the hospitals to a lady on MySpace saying, would you be willing to send my child some mail? And of course, me being me, I'm like, yeah, of course. (laughs) And she spread the word. And next thing I know, love mail through the postal mail was created. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. There's so many great things in there. I mean, both from that, the tenacity of not, not giving up, even though it wasn't quite, the fit was a little bit off. And and then I'm sure you guys were really upended by Katrina. And so the courage to continue going, is just, wow. It's just, that's heartwarming. (laughs) Um, and then going with seven followers that were really just core supporters, like that's that that's amazing. Yeah, um, those ladies were extremely amazing and awesome. Yeah. And they're still my friends, although their their lives have taken different turns financially. They are still my friends. I talk to them often. I love them as my family. That is wonderful. And what did uh, what did the name uh, 504 Uprising, what did that mean? Um, well, it was, it was a 504 uplifting. Oh, yeah. And it came from the fact, again, me playing with words. Mm-hmm. Um, 504 is the area code to New Orleans where I'm from. Okay. And my goal was to uplift people with what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that together, and I called it a 504 uplifting, and um, it was born from that. Just me playing with words, putting two things together, and that was it. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, I know. I think I remember back when we covered you online, I think maybe you were still using that name in part and I it was always curious just where did that what did that mean? So that's very cool. Um yeah. So you talked a little bit already about who Fairy Marie and Fairy Jojo are. Um yeah. you got you guys started um and you have relationships is it with three hospitals now? Um yes. At this point right now though we have one major okay uh, relationship with um Methodist Children's Hospital here in San Antonio. Um, we used to send every month to Children's Hospital in New Orleans and Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. Um, but the lady that we were once connected with in Philadelphia, um, I think she moved on. And we could never reconnect with the new person. So unfortunately for the children, we were no longer able to send there because we no longer had the person mm. who was the go-to person. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so that connection fell through. We still send to New Orleans, but we're not able to do it every month. So we pick certain holidays, and then we load them up with stuff. That's wonderful. If um, someone was looking to start something or wanted to do something in a hospital near them, how did you guys find the right person to talk to? What did, what did that search look like? I went online first to look up local children's hospitals in my area. And once I did that, I called and I explained to them what I hoped to do. And then I asked, who would I speak to about initiating this? And most of the time, it's always going to be the people in the child life department. So they connected me to that department, and that is how the relationships began. You have been a, kind of on social media from early on. I know you often post really up, uplifting messages about how you are looking forward to your day. I don't know like what the question <laughs> exactly is, but how... <laughs> How do you approach that community and what has it been like growing a group of people online for you? Well, um, like I said earlier, we started back in 2007 on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And at that time, MySpace, it was stressful dealing with a community. Um, and I think because I didn't really know where I wanted to go with it at the time. Mm. But once we joined Facebook in 2009, at that point, I had started to come into who I wanted to be and what I wanted my mission to look like. And I started drawing closer to God. Um, I've always known God and loved him, and but I was older at that point, and now I was really starting to have a really tangible relationship with him. And one of the things that I felt he wanted me to do, aside from sending mail, was to encourage people who visit the page. And I felt the best way to do that and to still do that is to treat them as my family. So I don't, like Facebook will call people your followers. I don't refer to anyone as a follower or a fan of my page. I refer to them as my family members. Hmm. And the same way that I 
encourage my daughter, my husband, my sisters, my brothers, my family in general, I take that same stance with my family on Facebook. Mm. Yeah, and it's definitely that genuine love that shines right through the screen. <laughs> like I know that Yeah, like I know I I feel it on this side and, and it's it is so genuine and authentic and frankly a little unusual. Like I think a lot of people just log on and you know what I mean, put up what they had for breakfast yes. or whatever yes. or, or complain or whatever it is and and it's so rare to find an authentic moment. So thank you for sharing your heart <laughs> so genuinely in that space. Um, that is my pleasure each and every day that I get to do that. So I'm honored that he allows me each new day to be able to be a voice of positivity and light. Or what changed for you as far as the mission? Was it that it just became clearer or what What do you think was going on um, either in your life or maturity or how did you grow into your mission? I think in the beginning, I, not I think, I know in the beginning, I allowed fear to take root and a lot of things that ideas that were coming to me, like the things we're doing now, I could have been doing them back then, but I was like, oh no this is not going to work. It's going to cost too much. You know, I was shoving it all down. The more and more I drew closer to God and I started to really learn about me and what I really wanted, not just in my mission, but in my life. Like everything just started to fall into place. I learned to let go. I, you know, on paper, I'm the founder, but in my heart, God is the founder, and he chose me to be his CEO. <laughs> and so I run this for him, and he's my boss. And I do that always in my mind, knowing that I want to please my boss. So therefore, I want to always look at everything from different angles and always go like from love. No matter what decisions I'm making about this organization, it has to come from a space of love. If it's not coming from that space, then I can't make that move. That is beautiful. And there's such a, I don't know, there sounds like there's such an ease with then how your decisions are guided by knowing that it is based in love. Yeah. Uh, to, to me now in my life, and I encourage my daughter and anybody else that I get a chance to speak to, I try to encourage people to, no matter what you're doing or saying, to try to make it come from that space of love. Because if you do that, then nine times out of ten, it's going to be the right thing. It's going to sound right. It's going to look right. It's going to feel right. But if you're coming from fear or ego or any of those crazy things, then nine times out of ten, it won't work. So... And I think in the beginning, I was coming from fear and a little bit of ego as well, if I'm being honest about it. And so it was just all over the place. Mm. You know, it was, just, it was all, but now it's settled. You know what I mean? It's settled and it feels right and it flows. And we've watched so many people start a, a program or an organization 
right when we did, and the majority of them are no longer here. And here we are, as of this month, we've been here for eight years. We've never had to say, we have to close the doors, we can't do this. And I think that has a lot to do with us letting go and letting God lead us. Yes, that's that's beautiful. And such a sense of surrender but in the best way where it's that you know someone else is helping guide you and that you're open to hearing the messages that come back that's that's, that's so beautiful it also looks like you were able to take a was it a break or a vacation over the last month yes i i had to take i'm supposed to be taking a break let me say it like that (laughs) yes (laughs) i understand that I'm supposed to be taking a break, and it it was truly needed, and the first week and a half was beautiful, but after that, my body, my fibers, my heart was like, I have to do mail, and so I gave myself permission to do a few kids, like two or three times a week, until Mm -hmm. my break is officially over. That was strictly because I have one arm and I do a lot with this one arm. I mean, like I'm in my 40s. So you can just imagine all over the years mm-hmm. how much action this arm has seen. So <laughs> my arm has gotten to a time where it's saying I'm tired now. So when it tells me it's tired through pain, I have to stop everything and allow it to rest and rejuvenate and you know get what it needs so that I can continue to do what I need to do yeah I know it's hard for people who are extremely driven to right. to start to listen to their own body and take the time they need to sleep and even eat right other than taking like a break and listening in that way what other ways do you do you practice I mean, a coach word would be self-care, but how do you take care of yourself to make sure you can do all the other things that you want to do? One of my favorite things to do is I meditate. I started doing that three years ago um, because three years ago, I woke up in excruciating pain with my arm, the only arm I have, and I literally couldn't use it for a week. Mm. Like I couldn't pick up a spoon, toothbrush, a fork, nothing. Like I couldn't move it. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. A friend of mine mentioned that she meditates. She, over the phone, guided me through meditation. I just started practicing that and it became a way of living for me. Mm. And so meditating helped me center myself, quiet my thoughts, and give my body, a you know, some downtime. I love just sitting in my recliner and just talking out loud to God when everybody's gone. And I also have incorporated um, trying to live a healthy lifestyle. That is a struggle in itself, but I do try to do that as often as possible um, because I'm a foodie. I love food. Um, food is awesome. <laughs> Too much of the wrong foods can be a problem. So I try to make those foods just like a bonus every now and then. Yeah. 
those are definitely three great ways to take care of yourself. And I can totally relate to the foodie thing. Um, my husband is a chef, and so we're we're that often. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, I could definitely have made worse choices, but yeah, and uh, he does cook, so I'm blessed in that way. It's just it's funny. Right you know, the things that come in and it's, it's easier to eat healthy, but it's also like he gets curious and wants to make crazy things. And, you know, even if it's just a lot of meat or, you know, a really heavy sauce or like, ah, yeah. Well, that's Um, our problem here because I'm the, I'm the chef here. I cook mm -hmm. and I'm always online looking for new recipes Mm -hmm. and I try to find healthier ones, you know, and I try to make them, into my own version of what healthy could be. Mm-hmm. But my family and I, like, all three of us, like my husband, my daughter, we are foodies. We love <laughs> <laughs> <We are> food. <sighs> food is a blessing, yeah. And it's fun it to is. make it. And it is, it's a, it's almost like communion, right? It's, I love no, cooking. Yeah. Cooking is, like, so relaxing to me. Mm, yeah. And I love doing it. And my husband is like, I would like to cook today, please. Oh, no, I already planned the meal and everything. I'm sorry you can't cook. Because that's my time to be in the kitchen. And that's that's like my heaven when I'm Mm. cooking. I like that you've narrowed it down to that. I I don't know how, but I kind of like doing laundry at my house. So Uh uh, and yard work. Like those are the two. Like if I'm out in the yard, I can just zone out and just. Yes pull weeds like isn't that crazy i actually like that stuff but that i totally get that though yeah it's good to find the things that just kind of feel easy and refreshing uh in their own way Absolutely. Um, what do you think would surprise people about your mission or about i, I don't know what aspect but maybe how it works or or what it takes to run it well it takes a lot of dedication and it actually takes a lot of time I think a lot of people, I've said this to my family here, I think people just think I sit around and just twiddle my thumbs at home every day, (laughs) you know, other family members who live away. But I'm literally working from anywhere. My start of the day starts at like 9, 10 a.m. If I don't stop myself, like before when everything, when I wasn't having the pain in the arm, I would end my day at 8, 9 o'clock at night. Wow. With doing nails. But now I go from nine and maybe five at the latest. And wow. so that's where the break came in where, you know, I'm talking to my family and they're like, You have to you have to put you first sometimes in order for you to be here to do this for everybody else. Well, and it sounds like it's hard because it really is you feel on purpose and you feel what, engaged and connected when you're it working? Is- it's hard when you say, I'm taking the day off, and then you get a message from a mom who's asking for mail for her kid because he's being brutally bullied at school. Mm-hmm. And he's being called the most ugly and vile name. And I, just nothing in me can say, oh, yeah, well, you have to wait until Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I can't, he's in my mind at that point. Once I know his struggle and what he's going through, He's in my mind and in my heart. So at that point, I have to sit down and write something to him and put some mail together and get it out to him. So it, it makes it hard to just shut it off and not 
be able to do it. So that's why I say I'll try. But in cases like that, I know that it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. That's just, that's so beautiful too, that it would, I mean, I obviously not for you, but it would be easy for people just to say, well, I, 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 I can't do that or it can wait right. or whatever. But right. like, I love that you're, you're holding so much space for this, this person that you don't know. And you're, your heart is so big for them that no, they're already in your mind and that you can, uh, one of my other guests, uh, a professor of theology, she said of her own calling in the ministry, like that she could do no other. And it sounds so similar to what you're saying. Like that once you know of that person, you can do no other. Like it's not right. even a question. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. It's not a question. It's, it's, I don't even take the time to think, should I do it? It's just automatic. Let's go. Yeah. You know, it's just just like that. And I mean, like doing this for eight years, I mean, there have been children who have passed on. Mm. Um, and that is a world of hurt in itself. But I get through that knowing that there are still other kids who need me. Mm-hmm. And so I move forward with that. But when I'm hearing of a child who has autism and they're being treated bad by a teacher or students at the school or a little girl, her mom and her were living in a situation where she was molested. Mm-hmm. And she wrote me and asked, was there anything I could send her child? Like I sent her child a box full of stuff because mm. for me the coloring pages were just like my heart was just overpouring that wasn't enough for me and so I found a nice little box and I filled it with stuff that I have here and I wrote her a little note and I didn't mention her um, molestation or anything to her because she's a kid but I just let her know that even though I did not know her personally and I've never seen her mm-hmm. that I love her so much and that I will be always praying for her and that the angels will always be surrounding her and her mom messaged me when she got that and she's like you don't know how much I've cried from seeing my daughter smile she hadn't smiled in so you know so long and those are the messages that make me want to get up and just do mail all night long When a a parent tells me that seeing their child brought them joy, that makes me want to just get up right then and there and just do mail until I just drop because that's a blessing for me to know that I'm not just making the kid happy, I'm making the parents happy as well. And I know that that pleases my boss. So... Mm. It's like a win-win every day. Yeah, that's re- and that's so special because I mean, as parents, I mean, I have a five-year-old. It, I, you know, I know I'm I'm lucky, and we have you know, we we have, we're fortunate in our situation. Um, but I can only imagine if something changed, and to know there was another human out there that could love, had the capacity to hold him in his heart and love him. I'm sorry, hold yeah. him in their heart and love him. Gosh, that would melt me. <laughs> you know, like right. that would just, right. yeah, that would, 
That's gorgeous. So thank you for holding space for all of them, both the parents and the children. That's just a beautiful ministry. That's just how it is. That's just who I am. I don't I don't even think when people tell me thank you, I'm like, you don't have to thank me. It's just mm. it's just what it is. It's what I do. It's who I am. Mm. It's not like, you know, I created this and said, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so that I can hear people say this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do mail every day, never thinking that I would get a drawing back from a kid or a card with the children's little scritchy scratch in it saying thank you, I love you. Like, they're telling me they love me. Like, oh, my God, when that happens, <laughs> I lose it. Yeah. I lose it. Yeah, that's beautiful, too, that it's just at the heart of who you are. I know I got to watch the um, you were on the news for your your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I'll link it up. So any listener, if you want to watch, it's really well done. They did a nice job. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> and the moment because they said you'd never really seen kids receive the love mail or the, the goodie bag before. And so that was really special to get to see the one girl and, and you and you met her. Um, what was that like? That was over the moon awesomeness. Yeah. Um, we had been donating bags there for eight years, but we had never been able to deliver them ourselves. And I think that was mainly my fault because I never asked because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it to be seen, I was doing it so that these children will know that, you know, although you're in a place where you don't want to be, there can still be smiles. You can still be happy. Mm -hmm. And that there are people who are praying for you and loving you. So I never asked, you know, could we go and deliver this ourselves? I never bothered to do that because that wasn't my intent. So when this news story came about and they told me, you're going to actually get to meet one of the kids. You're going to give them a love mail bag and you get to meet them. I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? <clears throat> and so we got to meet this sweet little princess and she was on her fourth heart surgery. Wow. Which broke my heart because I just still can't wrap my mind around some of these illnesses that these children have to endure. Yeah. And we got to meet her and that was that was like the highlight of running Love Mail. Oh. And that's just serious. That was the highlight of it. Hmm. How special. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I can't fathom someone being so young and there's so many children that that are ill. I can't imagine being so young and being in a hospital and not probably being able to understand what that means. Right. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for all that you do for them. That's just, uh, touches my heart. If someone listening wants to help, how can they get in touch uh, to help at least support the mission? If there's, do you still accept donations or do you have a wish list on you know, oriental training, or how do you guys, how do you run this at this point? Um, well, at, at this point now, we we don't really have, 
like a link for a wish list or anything, but we do like on our Facebook page, which is um Facebook.com God's Love Mail. We have it where in our about section where we do accept donations of postage stamps, envelopes, stickers, or coloring books. Postage stamps is always our greatest need because we send, like I said, anywhere from two to 300 pieces of mail per month. So that becomes rather expensive mm-hmm. when you're sending that many because 100 stamps is like $49. Right. And if you're 300 and 400, you know, it can become pretty expensive if they wanted to help us in the, in that area or sending like the um the coloring books or stickers and stuff like that if they messaged me through Facebook then I would happily give them our mailing address or mm-hmm. we have a PayPal me account they could donate through that if they wanted to and we always when someone donates money to us we go purchase whatever we're going to purchase, we take pictures and we post it on our page and our blog so that they can see where their money went. Uh, and I think that's a really nice way just to say thank you and and show, show what you guys are doing. Are you a 501c3 or a nonprofit? We are not a nonprofit. We thought about doing it a few years ago, but that wasn't the route financially for us to go because it actually cost a pretty penny to even become a 501c, which is why we re- decided not to do it and that we would fund this 100% on our own. And if people decided, you know, even though they know we're not 501 and they decided that they would still choose to help us, then that was the extra bonus. And there have been a group of lovely people who, whenever they are able, will send us, you know, a book or two of postage stamps or uh, we have a beautiful lady named Diane, and once a month, she goes to Family Dollar, and she hits them hard for coloring <laughs> books, yeah. coloring books and stickers, and she really looks out for us as well. And so, you know, they can help in those ways. And it's always easy to contact me through our Facebook page because I'm there like 24-7, easiest way. But I also have an email and it's 504 uplifting at gmail.com so they can they can email me there if they want to great yeah and i'll put all the links to your facebook page and whatnot um out there so folks can find you and if there's somebody who's listening and just would like to receive your your services of of having love mail sent is just the best way to to email you as well Yes, they can either, the same thing, they can either email me or they can request through messaging me on our page on Facebook. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Is there anything, before we get into the last couple of questions, is there anything you would like to add about uh, your mission or yourself or joy <laughs> um, that we haven't covered? Well, the thought of joy, what I like to say about that is it's a choice. Mm. I believe that it's a choice. I think that each day that we wake up, we have the choice to be happy or miserable, sad, whatever you want to call it. We have the choice to be kind or cruel, you know, or we can do acts of kindness 
or we can live in selfishness. I mean, every day it's a choice. And if you wake up every day and decide, I'm going to be joyful regardless of my surroundings, of my atmosphere, who I'm around, what they're looking like, how they're speaking, you can find that your day will be extremely extraordinary. And it's not that something extraordinarily really happened. It's just your day went beautifully because you chose for it to be just that way. And so I try to encourage people, you know, no matter what's going on, to choose the good things, to choose to be happy, choose to be kind, you know, choose to be loving. Don't choose the wrong things because karma is real and it comes back. And so I try to encourage people to, you you put out what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. You get to choose it every day. So I like that, um, you know, you're using the platform of joy. Mm. Because I think more people truly need to be informed on they can make that. They, it, it doesn't, you, have to, you don't have to wait for someone to make you feel good or anything. You can just choose to feel good. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I fully agree. And I think it's it's hard, especially when people have found themselves in you know, a hard spot and I, whatever that definition is for someone. It's really mm-hmm. easy to feel like a victim in your own circumstances. Right. Um, and I get that. And I, I felt it, right? Like I, I really, at a visceral level, totally understand it. But I also know, just like you said, like what the choice is of you can you can decide it's going to be good or it's going to be awful, whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. You said it very eloquently. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much. Like I just, I've been so amazed and delighted by your ministry and your mission and just just the joy that you radiate all the time um and just the consistency as well for for kids who you know that that might be the joy in their day and so just want to recognize you for being so amazingly i don't know loving and <laughs> and giving You're just full, full of life so thank you so much. You're welcome, and I appreciate it very much. I want to say that also with choices, mm-hmm. um, there have been times when I wanted to stop, mm. when I've wanted to just shut down love mail, walk away from Facebook, and be done. But the thing, there were a few things that would never allow me to do that. One. I know that's not what God wants of me. Mm. And I understand that when I am in need for whatever I need for the organization, he will always make that happen. The other thing that will not allow me to walk away is the children. I could never just abandon them just because I'm feeling like it's not going right or people are not participating the way I want them to I, I couldn't just walk away from them because of that. I, I would feel like I was being 
selfish. And then love mail is so much a part of me that it will be like I'm quitting on myself. Mm, yeah. And I refuse to do that as well. So no matter what somebody is going through, like, don't give up. Don't ever, ever, ever give up because there's always a silver lining. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it's the truth. There's always light at the end of our storm. Mm-hmm. No matter what storm, it, you know, everybody's storm does not look the same. No matter what your storm is, at the end of that storm, there is light. No matter what it is, a person, um, a dream, a goal, don't give up on it. Amen. And thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Beautifully stated. If someone listening has a big dream about how they can make a change in the world, what advice would you give them about bringing that dream into action? Do it. <laughs> Just do it. Like, don't second guess yourself. Don't ask people for opinions. Because what I've found is, if I'm asking someone for an opinion about love mail and they have a little fear for me, like, oh, what if she's hurt? What if this doesn't work? You know, they'll tell me, they'll discourage me. So I've learned over eight years, don't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. follow, follow your heart. If this is something that is burning inside of you, you have to do it. And if it doesn't work out, at least you tried. But don't say, oh, I wish I would have or I remember then, you know, no, go and do it. I mean, the least that could, the worst that could happen is it doesn't work out. But the great part of it is you took that leap of faith and you gave it your all and you did it. And you should be proud of that just just go and do it. That's the way I feel about it. Mm, I love it. I love it. And I love, and and I don't think anyone before has said yet that don't ask other people for their opinions. Cause I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I love it. I, I think I love that very much because yeah, it almost also opened yourself up to other like doubt seeking and, yes. you know, sneaking into your mind about, Ooh, well, what if they're right? What if this, when, probably somewhere along the way, God put this on your heart and exactly it's just yours to follow. Yeah. Last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world or in other people's lives? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, things that I do for me, first and foremost, I mean, just waking up, being able to do love mail jumpstarts joy in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm if I'm trying to help others do that, my thing is always being positive. And as I said earlier, coming from a, a genuine space of love for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I strongly believe in encouraging people because I've had a bunch of discouraging coming my way uh, growing up, people not believing in me, you know, and that that was strictly because they were fearful of the what if, 
But then there were people who totally believed in me and they didn't let that fear or that thought even come in their minds. So they just pushed me and pushed me. So I like to lovingly push people into the truth, into their the trueness of who they are. So I just, you know, I encourage people through positivity. I don't believe that negativity has a place on this earth at all. And it shouldn't, but of course, it's here. But it shouldn't have any space or power in our dwelling space at all. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep that out of the picture as much as possible. Yeah, it's so easy to be lured into some of the negativity, <laughs> depending on what it is. So. It is. It, it can happen real quickly. And you, <laughs> before you know it, you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> you know, Sad. so it, it's important to just encourage people daily. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, when I'm, when I'm posting, I post stuff telling them, like, you're amazing. You know, you're awesome. There's nothing you cannot do. You're a masterpiece. And it's not just for the kids, it's for the parents, because the kids hardly ever are on my page. Right. It's the parents that are there. So I want them to know if anybody has not told you today that you are a masterpiece, let me be the first to tell you. You are a masterpiece. And I've had a lot of people say, no one has ever said that to me in my life. Mm. And I'm like, well, guess what? Um, you'll hear it more often now that I know that that's the case, you know. <laughs> yes. And I had, no one had ever told me that either. I learned that from listening to church. And the pastor kept saying, you are a masterpiece, you are a masterpiece. And I'm like, I'm a masterpiece? <laughs> like, really? And it started to say it to myself until I believed it. And I'm mm. like, wow, this feels great. I need to tell other people this. And that's what I do. I tell people things like that in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So when they wake up, they'll hear something good. And when they're going to bed, they'll hear something good. Because in between, there's so much that could be bad. That is that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Tabitha. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and and for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. It was really my honor, and I'm really grateful that you invited me. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much to Tabitha for that just enlightening and lovely discussion. It was such a total joy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for everything you do for the children and the families that you help support. And I encourage everybody to head over to jumpstartyourjoy.com and check out Tabitha's site. You know, give her a little donation to help send out a few more cards. I know they were looking for, uh, I think, $63 as of this morning. (laughs) Um, So they could use some help in getting cards out to children over the holiday season. And thank you in advance for doing that. Uh, For next week, I have the lovely and talented Rachel Maddox. She is an author and a songwriter, a singer, performer, coach, mentor, and just pretty much all around awesome lady. 
she is working on a book right now called Secret Bad Girl, which talks about trauma. And we talk a little bit about that in the interview, um, which is, is very interesting. Surprisingly lighthearted. So I encourage you to come back for that. And Rachel also does some singing for us, which is a lot of fun. She has a beautiful voice. So come on back for episode 14. And then I think for episode 15, there is a very special secret guest coming up. So, um, but thank you guys so much for listening in. And I just hope that all of your days are filled with so much joy. 